0: Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, where we talk about all of the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, and health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. It is related to a disorder that my son has called PANDAS. So this is set to air on October the 6th, and the Friday following that is October the 9th, and that is Pandas and Pans Awareness Day. So I wanted to dive in a little bit about Pandas and Pans and basically just do my own piece to bring awareness to this disorder and hopefully shed a little light on it for you. So if you have been listening to the podcast, I did a backgrounder on Pandas uh, talking a little bit about our story and how it has impacted our family. And then also in episode 21 on advocating for your children, I uh, spent about the first 12 minutes or so talking about my experience in advocating for a child with Pandas, as I mentioned my son. So I thought it would be really interesting to just give a bit of an overview um, of our experience again, and then talk a little bit about some of the things you can do to support uh, families with pandas and pans, and um, even beyond that, the disorder in general. So October 9th is Pandas Pans Awareness Day, as I mentioned, in Ontario, where I live, that has been declared through our legislature, through a number of provinces, as well as a number of states in the United States. It's not something that's everywhere. It's not something that's national in both of the United States and Canada, but it is um, working its way through. And a lot of families are doing a tremendous amount of work to try to uh, bring attention to uh, these disorders. And it is challenging. I mean, there are a number of groups that are working to to try to make sure that people understand the disorder. A lot of people believe that the disorder is mired in controversy, is something that you'll read if you do like a Google search. And so I think a lot of hard work is being done to be sure that um, people are understanding that that's not the case anymore, and that there are very reputable research um, bodies working on PANDAS and PANS, and that it's, it's really starting to move forward in terms of knowledge. So PANDAS, I did, like I said, talk about in previous episodes, stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infections. And basically, it can present as a number of issues, the child can be diagnosed when they're exhibiting things like obsessive compulsive disorder, tick disorders, um, and when things particularly suddenly appear after strep, uh, there can be a lot of cases of increased aggression, um ADHD, and a very varying symptoms, I guess, or or presentations that can then start to come together in terms of what the disorder looks like. And it is very challenging, as I talked to in some of my episodes, that um, trying to get a diagnosis, it's not clear cut. It's something that, you know, a doctor really has to know about PANDAS in order to dive in and to diagnose it. And so it's just not a clear cut test. And that is part of the challenge, I think, in um, getting more support with this disorder. Now, I've also mentioned PANS, which is pediatric acute onset neuropsychiatric syndrome, and it is very similar from what I understand in terms of a lot of the um, issues that can be present, but it it isn't linked to a strep infection the way pandas is, so um, the challenge there is that there can be so many other uh, viruses that can be linked, and so again, it's very difficult to diagnose. And if people don't know about it, they don't even know that it's a thing to be considering. And by people, I mean parents, I mean. Um, Also doctors, healthcare providers that um, we've been to so many healthcare providers that have never heard of pandas or pans or if they have heard of it, they have no idea about treatment and they, they often kind of say to me, yeah, well, you know, keep me in the loop, because I'd be interested to see how this goes. And so it's very, you know, that is on one hand, I always see it as a little bit positive, because at least they are, you know, on board with understanding and learning. But it's always challenging, because I think, okay, but now I need to go somewhere else. And, and so that's just kind of my own experience with that. But um, so both of these, like I said, are, I guess, relatively new. And so hence, the trying to bring awareness to these disorders, um, and their seriousness and their impacts on families. Um, And so a lot of times, what happens, I guess, is the family kind of has to go it alone. And so what we've seen happen recently, um, over the last few years, is I've definitely seen some organizations in the US coming forward, the Foundation for Children with Neuroimmune Disorders has come together, Aspire has come together, and they've started to print some wonderful learning materials that have been so helpful in terms of touching base with schools and um, helping, helping others to understand these disorders and myself. I guess I will admit that when we first started down the road of PANDAS, I felt, I think, a lot of worry, of course. But A lot of what I would almost call shame. Like I felt that I couldn't really talk about it. I felt that nobody understood it. I felt like when I did talk about it, maybe people thought I was sounding kind of crazy. And so I just kind of closed up a lot in terms of what our family was going through. And I think a lot of that is, you know, really to protect us and protect, um, my son and, and all of those things. But what I've kind of learned over the last few years, um, so my son initially started having, um, symptoms when he was in grade one, um, and now he, you know, five years later is, uh, in grade six. So I would say over that time, I have started to own it a little bit more and I think some of the material coming from these groups has been helpful in that because it kind of sends that message to you that you're not alone. There are people out there that uh, understand, and there are also a number of Facebook groups that I've become part of that have helped as well in in kind of normalizing this, at least in my life. And then, um, you know, even in Canada, there is um, some organizations that have started there is uh pandas canada as well as pandas pans ontario which have started as nonprofit organizations to support this disorder and families in in canada so really really great to see um and i guess i would say part of our story has been the road through working with so many uh healthcare professionals and Some of which have have been really wonderful. And and that's, I think, the challenge is it's like anything that, you know, sometimes you come across people that are willing to take the time and spend the time with you, and then sometimes you don't. And so the challenge here is... um, you know, you have to un- unfortunately endure some of the not great um, helpers and in order to get to the great ones. So I went through Aspire, I believe it was did a very interesting campaign where they sent around pieces like a printout that um, you could fill out and it said blank, uh, number of doctors that you've seen blank number of misdiagnosis. Um, before I was diagnosed with Panda's pants to try to show, and I thought it was really effective and they had, um, you take photos of your child, either holding that, holding that up. And I think it was really effective to see again, that you're not alone if you've had to go to many doctors and had misdiagnoses. And so I tracked ours and I think we're at about 12 doctors, seven misdiagnoses, Um, And I think one of the challenges that I found is you're not necessarily done. So even once you find a doctor that is willing to treat even part of the disorder, then you may may still end up in other doctor's offices that are not. And so, um, you know, even this little sheet kind of implies to me like, huh, and then it's over, and I was diagnosed, and everything's fine, and it's well, not necessarily. Um, and then that doesn't even count the number of kind of alternative health uh, people that we've seen, or I mean, we've seen um, psychotherapists, as well as um, one, one person that was really helpful was an osteopath. So there are so many different alternative treatments. Um, We've gone to salt rooms, things like that, that can help with inflammation that you don't even, that doesn't even work into that number in terms of how many doctors. So it is a very challenging disorder, Um, but like I said, having went through all of that, of course, the first thing that you are focused on when something like this hits is the health of your child. And you don't even think about yourself and whether you have processed things because you're just in the mode of like helping and, you know, working for your child. But I would say that in the past, um, maybe two years, I've really started to lean further into this disorder and cause and um, really hit a point of what I think is acceptance and finally be more willing to talk to people about it and explain it. And one of the things I think that helped is we moved. And in relocating, I have not felt um, that same needing to hold back on what was going on because it's like, well, this is just how it is. And whereas where I lived previously, I maybe just didn't feel as open to talking about things as they were unfolding, where now we're kind of in a point where this is how things are. So this was the first year that I actually ordered um, through Pandas Canada, Pandas Awareness sweatshirts for our family. And I'm really excited to wear those on October 9th. We've been wearing them on various camping trips. And um, like I said, just starting to feel like we can own this to some degree. So one thing I would encourage you, if you are trying to think about how you could support um, other families with pandas, is to go to some of the websites through Facebook, like Aspire, like um, the Foundation for Neuroimmune Disorders, which is also at neuroimmune.org. And I apologize. Actually, they it was the foundation of neuroimmune disorders that had the printable piece that talked about the number of doctors and number of misdiagnoses, um, and that campaign with the photos of the children. So, in that, I would say go check out some of their materials because they have a lot of um, infographic and slide type materials that talk about what the families with Um, children with pans, pandas want you to know. And it's, it's quite interesting to read some of them. And there's tons of information that is just so easily understood. I mean, they even have something that is about how to support families struggling with pandas, pans. Um, And especially on that one focuses a lot on the behavior and some of the misconceptions and some of the negative comments that parents get um when when they do are parenting their pandas or pan's child um and and I think it does really help with acceptance, like I said, I've also found materials that do speak to um kind of how this can can present in the classroom, and those have been very helpful as well. Um, I also mentioned there is a number of universities, for one, um, Stanford in the U.S. that are researching Pandas Pans, so you can also check out some of that new research that's happening if you're somebody who's looking for more of the science side of things. Um, There's been a couple recent journal articles um, in the Journal of Child and Adolescent Psychopharmacology, um, like I said, the Stanford PANS Clinic in the US um, that have been very helpful um, and, and could be interesting, more scientific information for you to look at. So beyond looking um, into either kind of like scientific information or things that have been created in more of a plain language type information, there is actual physical things you can do. So there are a number of blood drives that are happening across Canada in particular. I don't know about the US, but on October 9th. So the reason blood drives are important is that one of the treatments for PANDAS, PANS is IVIG treatment and that involves blood so and a lot of the a lot of the blood drives are happening in support of the children that are receiving IVIG treatment So that's thing to do. Another would be to do something like what we did buy the shirts. Um, There are I've seen bracelets being sold to raise um, both awareness and money. Um, You can also change even um, a simple thing like changing the icon around your Facebook photo. If you search up Aspire, they have uh, a Pandas Pans Awareness Day icon. You can donate money to any of the agencies that are working on this issue, if you're interested in doing that. Um, And then the last thing I guess I would say in terms of helping is, you know, if you do know somebody listening to their story without judgment, and being kind um, to that family, right? It's so easy to say, oh, it must be this, or it must be that, or oh, that's not you know, real or you know, some of the other negative comments that families get. And I think um, one of the more powerful comments that I've seen through some of the um, awareness information was something to the effect of just because you don't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, there are a lot of pandas, pans, children that are able to go to school and they hold themselves together for that or certain activities. But then when they come home, you know, they kind of they have that release and and it can be very challenging. So that's something to keep in mind. And the other thing I would say, if you do venture into learning more and understanding some of the symptoms, is that there is a big list of symptoms for for both pandas and pans. And not every child has every single symptom. Um, And so it can be very overwhelming to sort of see that large list, but, you know, it's not that every child that you might know that has it, which they estimate one in 200 children, but a lot of people say it is likely a lot higher than that because a lot of children are not being diagnosed because it's, again, not well-known. But there are some on the list that we've never experienced, and um, I hope we never do. But then there are definitely others that I know have been part of our story. So that's one thing I would say, and that's why I say lean into listening to stories is then you'll start to understand that there's such a variety in all of the children and um, kind of their paths, and you know what how effective treatment is, and whether they are able and able to get treatment, and all of those things. so it is a very challenging disorder, but I never lose hope and faith that it is going to become easier for the next generation, and that It will become easier even for those children that are even potentially moving into adulthood eventually to get help and become as well as they can be. So thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. As always, this podcast is based on my experiences and not intended to be medical advice. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing. Also, you can follow my blog at www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com. Or follow me and or follow me on Instagram at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady, Gluten, L-A-D-Y, G-L-U-T-E-N. Thanks again for listening. Please do what you can to bring attention on October 9th to Pandas Pan's Awareness Day. And I will see you next week.